0: Welcome back to the New England Travel Journal podcast. Sam Dostler with you with one of the founders of Labyrinth Brewing Company. They're in Manchester, Connecticut, Adam Delora. Adam, thanks for uh, joining us today.
1: Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me.
0: So we actually found Labyrinth uh, because of where we, we are located in Connecticut. We're only about 15 minutes from them. Uh, in vernon connecticut so it was a great find and we're very excited to to talk with adam today so adam let's start with the beginning from the beginning how did the labyrinth brewing company come about
1: well labyrinth brewing company came about uh probably in the way that a lot of small businesses come about we started in a garage you know it was basically you know we had like a homebrew club and one thing led to the next and a couple of the guys in that club we got together and said let's start a brewery you know and then Three and a half-ish years later, we, we had a brewery. I mean, it's a, it's 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 that simple, you know? It's like a, I vaguely remember a drunken conversation on a cold Thursday <laughs> night, and, uh, you know, one of my business partners, Sean, he had this sort of like back-of-the-napkin kind of plan. Like, you know, we'd been kind of talking about it, but he um, was like, listen, I, I really think we should, you know, quit kicking the tires on this and, and, and see if we can actually make this happen. Yeah you know, so we started doing some research like can we actually do this what would it cost all the things you put into a business plan you know um and then uh next thing you know we're like all right this we're actually doing this let's let's make it happen what
0: was the hardest part of the process
1: Oh man that's a good question um I mean the hardest part of the process I think was sort of dealing with um you know the the construction aspect of things and mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, the regulations and whatnot, you know, not to, not to say that, you know, anybody was unreasonable on the regulatory side or whatnot. It's just, you know, when you're homebrewing, you're focused on the beer, you know, you have a recipe, you have your equipment, you're good to go. Like, you know, the health inspector is not coming in to make sure you're doing it right. And the building inspector is not coming in to make sure things are hooked up right, you know? And so we did most of the work ourselves on this place. So being so close to it, you know, we were the ones that had to go and talk to, you know, regulatory agencies, whether it's the building department, liquor control, all that other stuff, and you know, basically coordinate all of the different contractors and whatnot. That was and which was quite challenging for us.
0: So you mentioned one of your co founders already, so it's you, Adam Delar who we're talking to here from Labyrinth Brewing Company, and then also Chris and Sean. Uh, did you all meet at the the brew club that you mentioned, the home bear club that you mentioned, or how did you three come together? Yeah, into so
1: so we actually we actually are sort of like old friends uh, from school. You know, Chris and Sean went to high school together. You know, I knew those guys from like middle school, and you know, we kind of hung out in similar circles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then you know, like after high school, everybody goes off and does whatever it is. You know, join the military, go to college, all the things you do. And, you know, fast forward a bunch of years later, we all kind of moved back to town, you know, uh, cause our, our place is located in our, in our hometown. But, you know, we moved back to town and it just so happened that, you know, I'm starting to learn to brew beer as a hobby and Chris is doing this and Sean's doing that. So, you know, we sort of reconnected afterwards, mm-hmm. um, over this home brew club, which was, you know, like a, crazy weekly thing where everybody, you know, tons of people are brewing and tasting beers and learning about beers and all this stuff, and, you know, we sort of, like, rekindled that sort of friendship um, through this home brew club, and, you know, next thing you know, we have this this beer factory.
0: So what was the realization process for you while, I'm assuming you were doing some sort of other work um, before this, Uh, when did you realize or was there a specific moment where it was just like, yeah, I'm I'm going to open up a brewery. I'm going to forget everything I've done before, and I'm going to focus on what has been a hobby before, and now I'm, this is going to be my job, and it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that was pretty early on. Like, originally, you know, as I said, we sort of kicked the tires on this idea, mm-hmm. and it's just like, you know, whatever, just because I tell a good joke at Christmas doesn't mean I should go be a comedian, you know? And so, you know just because I brew a beer that everyone's like, this is great. You know, who knows if the the general public is going to like that. So we're kind of sort of shied away from it because, you know, we didn't want to, you know, uh, hate our hobby, you know, like brewing beer was like this fun, relaxing hobby. And, you know, who wants to get into something that you do for fun. And then it's like that, you know, nine to five daily grind we are going to. And then early on in the process of actually, you know, after that conversation in the garage, we were like, okay, let's actually look into what this is going to, Take. And, you know, within a few months we realized, okay, this is going to take all of our effort. Like, and so, I mean, we probably worked our full time jobs while planning this for about a year or so. And then, you know, Sean and I quit our full time jobs uh, probably about a year and a half before we opened. Um, just to focus on construction, the build out, and get all of our ducks in a row. And then, uh you know, Chris ended up leaving his full-time job uh, a little less than a year before we ended up opening. Um, but I could tell you there were many days where I was in the cubicle looking like I was doing work for my job, but really doing work for this place, you know, because <laughs> it was such a momentous undertaking, you know. Right,
0: for sure. All right, let's let's talk about the more fun part of it. What's your what's your favorite beer to brew?
1: Because I know you were doing some oh, uh,
0: some just the other
1: day. You know, I have a couple favorite beers to brew, but one I would say the one that's my top favorite. Um, we have a uh, an oatmeal stout that's called Erebus, and I really enjoy brewing this beer. One because I love darker beers. I love just the smell of those malts, and um, you know, this beer. Is named after uh, like the Greek primordial of darkness and chaos, and so the first time we brewed Erebus on our you know commercial system because this is like one of one of our oldest you know homebrew recipes that you know obviously got changed but made it to you know prime time here at the brewery. So the first time we were brewing this, like you know it's boiling all over the kettle. It's like you know it's real pain in the neck to brew, you know, because obviously we were a little a little green. And so when I ended up transferring, you know, the beer from the kettle into the fermenter and then from the fermenter into the serving tank, I ended up getting, like, 6.66 barrels of beer. And so, like, once that happened, you know, of course, I had to take a picture, put it on the Facebook and all that stuff. Right. Um, You know, like, all those little things kind of came together, and I just really enjoy, you know, like, the smell of the beer and just, like, you know, the, the story. And, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I... I think, it, it, for me, it's a really fun beer to, to brew, but it's also, like, one of the beers that I'm usually drinking, you know, when at the end of a, a shift or something, and I come out to the mm-hmm. to the tap room and I grab a beer. If that's on tap, that's usually one of the ones that I'll grab. So,
0: What what do you consider your signature beers at, at Labyrinth?
1: You know, we have a handful of signature beers. Uh, I mean, we focus a lot on variety, but um, I'd say beers that are constantly you know either on tap or coming back to the menu pretty soon um we have a uh, an IPA called Turbo Love Juice which uh you know does does pretty well we're almost constantly brewing it um, you know at this point i can pretty much brew it uh in my sleep i'm actually brewing it today as we speak so um you know and that's a that's, that's a cool uh IPA it's got uh Cascade – oh, gosh, can I remember this now? Uh, Cascade <laughs> – You can do it in and, your sleep, uh, so you should. Mosaic. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Laurel <laughs> Cascade Mosaic. Um, and uh, we've got another beer, uh, Hesperia, which is uh, another IPA that we brew that, that moves pretty well here, and that's all Citra. Um I'm trying to think what else. I mean, we have a – you know, it's tough. Uh, nowadays, you know, we have so many beers, mm-hmm. you know – And you, they're all good, uh,
0: from be, personal experience. Well,
1: Oh, good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're all good, but that's kind of like, you know, trying to pick your favorite kit. you know, you can't really do that, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, having so many beers on tap, having such a variety, it's tough to say like, which, you know, it's like, at least at our level, the, the concept of like a flagship, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't really sort of exist. You know, we, uh, yeah, I mean, at any given time, I've got twelve to sixteen beers on, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a good mix of styles, but it's not like you're always going to come here and get this one beer every single time. You might get something that's similar to it or close in style. Um, anyway, I have a bunch that I brew frequently, but you know, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as that, I would say those two beers probably move move pretty quickly. Um. And a very popular. I mean, we have a we have like an everyman beer. It's a it's a cream ale, and that's just a nice a light, crisp, clear kind of beer that we almost always have to have on. It's you know it's a good light beer, like a lawnmower beer. You know, low in alcohol. Uh, we, it's called the Maze, um, and that's something that brings in that sort of like, not really into craft beer crowd. And so that's that's definitely one that's always on all the time as well. So. Right.
0: So we're t- we're talking are. with Adam DeLauro. Adam DeLauro, one of the founders of the Labyrinth Brewery Co- Brewery Company uh, out of Manchester, Connecticut. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter by uh, searching Labyrinth Brewing. Uh, they're a fun follow-off uh, as long as... In addition to being an, an awesome visit, I can't talk for a moment there. Anyways, yeah. um, so you guys, in selecting a location, you picked a uh, 135-year-old plus historic space in your hometown of manchester uh for one how cool is it to have this brewery in your hometown where the three of you grew up and also uh what made you choose the location that you did
1: you know a couple things made us choose the location like as we were sort of like going through this um you know, this process, like, okay, well, where are we going to, you know, what are we going to call our brewery? Where are we going to locate it? Like what size are we going to do? All these like very early stages of the business plan. One of the things that kept coming back around was like, you know, we all moved back to town. We all grew up here. Let's try to find a building or a space here in town, keep our business in town so that we're paying taxes to the town that we grew up in, that our families live in and that sort of thing. So, I mean, being here in Manchester was almost like an absolute thing like if we can't find a, a suitable building then we'll look outside of outside of this town um, it's also awesome just from like a, a sustainability kind of perspective is we all live close enough to this place that we can practically walk here you know um which just you know if you think about like you know i used to have like a 70 minute commute to work so every day I'd climb in the car drive 70 minutes work in a cubicle Get back in the car drive seventy minutes and go home you know that's to me that's almost mind numbing so like from just a personal perspective like you know kind of being able to support my community and uh, you know have that quality of life uh, aspect you know added to to our location that that kills it right there for us you know personally um, why we chose this particular building um, it needed everything done to it. You know, this is a 135-plus-year-old building, you know, built in 1882 or 1886, depending upon which piece of paper at the Historic uh, <laughs> uh, Society you you can, you know, whose old scribbled writing you, you believe. Um, right. Anyways, the building's old. It has a ton of character. It's a former uh, factory building you know so it's kind of cool that we're sort of like re- repurposing it for the purposes of manufacturing as well there's that kind of historical connection to it and also like i don't know for us we looked at the building and it was pretty much a blank slate there were no utilities no you know there's nothing no water no electricity nothing coming into our space so yeah, it was a lot of extra work to build it, but we got to build it exactly how we wanted rather than finding another space that was kind of good enough that we had to sort of conform to the existing space there, if that makes any sense. You know, being here in a, in a community is, we're like almost in a residential neighborhood. And so that was like really important to us. This is like one of the neighborhoods that people, you know, it used to be really walkable back in the day. And, you know, people would walk around and it connects us to the Main Street area and all this stuff. Um, so it was just it was just a good location in town for for where the town's going and 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 that type of stuff. You
0: mentioned the importance of being part of the community in Manchester, and you've also partnered with Cloverleaf Farm uh, and serve as a Manchester pickup location for their community supported agriculture. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're really doing a lot of different things. To I mean, not only are you in your hometown, but you're making sure your impact is felt, which I
1: think is is really cool. Uh yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, you know, a lot of times people like to complain about stuff, you know, like, oh, I mean, and <laughs> I certainly do enough, a bunch of that too, you know, like, oh, the cost of living in Connecticut is high, the taxes are high, the whatever, all this stuff, you know, we really wanted to, you know, instead of just complaining about something, we said, okay, well, let's, let's try to build something and also try to make some changes to that. Right. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of what we, are focused on is sort of supporting our community and or supporting organizations that make our community better. I mean, last year in 2019, we held 29 fundraisers in our tap room that raised a bunch of money to, uh, I think it was close. Well, I can't recall the number off the top of my head, but we raised a bunch of money for organizations that are like hyper local, helping out the community, you know, and that kind of goes back to, you know, you mentioned the the CSA, our partnership with Cloverly Farm. You know, being in a residential neighborhood, all of these, all of our neighbors, you know, they're able to just come right next door and pick up fresh uh, organic vegetables, you know, on a weekly basis um, rather than driving all the way out to the farm, which isn't that far away, but it's, you know, it's a couple towns over and that's a pain in the neck. You know, so we've kind of like built this little community where people on like the Thursday nights went during the during the the CSA season. You know, all these people who probably wouldn't normally talk to each other come down here. They get their share of of, of vegetables and whatnot, and they're talking about recipes and and all this. You know, what they're going to do with these vegetables and all you know preparation techniques and whatever. And it's kind of become this like little like community of people who may not have connected, but now they're kind of connecting over a good beer and some tasty. You know, it's uh, so a tasty produce, you know. So, you know, that component of, you know, you could say that, sure, we're a beer factory. Like, we're not really focused on, you know, where our customers are getting their food from. But, you know, on the flip side, it's like that just improves the community. We're, you know, we're we're serving as a location that you can get, you know, fresh, you know, produce and, you know, learn how to, you know, pre- prepare it and, and all those other things, you know and that's just for us that just serves to make the community a better place to to live and hang out and you know we live here our families live here you know and we're pretty much looking at anything that we can do to kind of help uh increase the livability of our community we're sort of on board with
0: yeah which is which is a a great thing to to see and and hear about um for you guys, when you opened up Labyrinth, how long did it, how long did it take for things to, to take off, to get going?
1: Um, you know, when it almost started, pre- almost immediately, I'd have to say. Um, you know, there were a couple months we were like kicking some ideas around, but once we determined, like, okay, you know, we're actually going to do this. This is kind of what our target is. Um, You know, we almost immediately set up, you know, we set up our LLC and then we started a Facebook page and some other social media stuff. And, you know, while we were kind of like, even in that time period when we were working our full-time jobs still, we were brewing all the time and sending those beers. We have a tasting panel of uh, people who taste our beers and give us some feedback and all that stuff to kind of help improve those. We were hitting tons of, uh, community events and fundraisers and whatnot, you know, one to support those organizations, you know, whether that's donating beer, doing beer tastings or whatever, but also kind of getting our name out there, um, to the point where, you know, so many people were kind of like clamoring, like for, Hey, when are you guys opening? When are you guys opening? When are you guys opening? Because we had sort of gotten the word out so, so well prior to us opening, um, you know, we, we pretty much, end, we, we ended up documenting our entire, like, journey from here we are in the garage to here we are opening the doors, you know, years later on social media, you know, regularly posting about this is yep something awesome going on and also, oh, wait a minute, this is, you know, whatever, this, this came and this was a, some sort of stumbling block that we have. So, you know, I guess, I guess we're not opening in June. It might be July or, you know what I mean? That, that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, and then, you know, once the, the doors opened, you know, we we created our business plan. Um, you know, you, it's like here's what we're gonna do in six months, twelve months, two years, three years, whatever. Everything we were planning to do in our three year plan, we had completed in the first six months. Wow. So yeah, we had just sort of like expanded far beyond what we ever imagined. Um and we're still, you know, kinda running full steam ahead today, you know. Yeah, which is
0: super exciting. I know. Whenever I've been there a couple times, and every time I'm there, there's a a lot of people, and it seems to be like everyone's having fun. What was the inspiration be, be, behind the uh, the name? Yeah,
1: you know, the inspiration behind the name um, basically comes from my business partner Chris's uh, Chris his wife uh, kind of gave us the idea. Originally, we were, like kicking a bunch of ideas around. But now there's so many breweries out there, you know it kind of feels like all the good names are taken, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of hemming and hawing, like, what are we going to be called? And we didn't want to do something like the Manchester Brewery or, you know, like something along those lines that's just like sort of geographically, you know, tied to to the town, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. the town used to manufacture silk. And so, you know, like Silk City is something that a bunch of the businesses use. We did not want to be like that that definitely wasn't what we were looking for. So, you know, my business partner's wife was like, well, what about the word labyrinth? You know, cause you know, we're all myself and my partners, we're varying degrees of nerds, right? So like playing magic, the gathering or dungeons and dragons and that kind of stuff, you know, so my partner's wife was like, you know, this is great. You can, you know, use it to, to, you know, it's got some good marketing potential. It's, you know, it's this, this great word that nobody else is using right now, you know. So, you know, it's sort of a combination of things where we sort of looked closer at it. And, and that's one of the reasons why we'll use, like, mythical, mythological inspiration for some of our beer names.
0: You know, even mm-hmm. our logo
1: is based off the uh, the labyrinth uh, that's built into the floor of the Chartres Cathedral in France, which is one of the oldest oh, cool. uh, labyrinths. And, yeah, right. So you know, we kind of were able to one kind of play into that sort of like nerd stuff, but then also, you know, use it for, uh, marketing and whatnot, you know, and also like when, you know, in, in the middle ages, monks would walk a, they would walk a labyrinth as more of a meditative sort of focus, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. kind of like what, how we sort of feel we are when we're brewing the beer. It's like, okay, you know, we're focused. This is the beer we're going to make, you know, let's, let's, put everything else aside, this is what we're doing right now, and this is going to be, you know, we're going to hit our target. This is exactly what we're looking for. So, you know, there's a bunch of those things that kind of – it just hit all – it checked off all those boxes.
0: Right, for sure. We're talking with uh, Adam DeLora. He's one of the founders of the Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester, Connecticut, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find them by uh, searching Labyrinth Brewing or for Twitter Labyrinth there. Adam, I want to get you off uh, on this one. Um, Of course, people, when they come to Labyrinth, they're going to find great beer, a really, really cool atmosphere, and a cool building. Um, But beyond that, events, live music, food trucks, talk about all the different things that are going on on various days when when people come to visit. It's really a... There's a little bit of everything for for people who are coming to grab a drink and hang out.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. So um, we do... We have a lot of cool things here. You know, one of the things that... We wanted to do with our tap room um, is have more of sort of like a community center kind of feel right somewhere where everybody can go and sit down and relax you know so we don't broadcast the you know the sports games or anything like that you know but we do do there's live music on the weekends um, we have a pretty popular karaoke open mic night on Wednesdays. We do trivia on Mondays. Um, we don't have a kitchen, so we don't create our own food, but we have a really good variety of food trucks that comes out here uh, most of the days of the week. Um, you know, but we'll do some really creative stuff. For example, like um, in a couple weeks, we have this event that is, uh, we're calling it Harry Pottery. And basically we partnered with a local pottery studio They're going to come out here, and people are going to be able to create, you know, like goblets and mugs and all this stuff, Cool. um, you know, using sort of like that Harry Potter kind of uh, theme and whatnot while they do a Harry Potter trivia, you know, so it's kind of like mixing a couple, you know, a a couple events, mashing them up together. You know, we really try to do a lot of fun stuff here. Um, Yeah, Yeah.
0: that that might be one I have to... Know, I'm a Harry Potter fan and I don't know, like the bears so it seems like a good combination.
1: Yeah, oh absolutely, you know. <laughs>
0: um one more that popped into my head while you were discussing that one. Um what's what's your favorite part about running a brewery? Uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning and and have to go to work.
1: That's tough cuz I really love what I do, you know. Um, it's a lot of long hours and, you know, I'm up before the sun comes up and I'm here long after the sun goes down and, and that's even in the summer when the days are longer. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, I really just like one of the best things for me is, you know, I spend a lot of my time back in production doing like, you know, the factory aspect of this, but when I step mm-hmm. out behind the bar to grab a water or something like that. And I get to stop and talk to a couple of the people on the other side of the bar, and you know some of them they don't realize I own the place. They certainly realize I work here, but they want to pull me aside and say, "Hey, you know, like this, whatever, this brown ale is awesome." Like, or you know, they want to compliment the beer or compliment the place. That's that's kind of one of the best uh, things, at least from from my perspective, about owning this brewery. I mean, I love when I go to the grocery store. And people are like, oh, my God, you're the beer guy. And then, you know, it's like somebody who doesn't even drink beer, but they heard that my place is awesome from their, you know, their nephew or something. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, you know, thanks so much for all the things you did for our community or whatever. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, that's sort of like, that's what I really like about this job. You know, because at the end of the day, you can work anywhere. You know, we all have bills to pay. We all need to make money, and that's great. But it's awesome to be able to do all that, but also kind of, you know, uh, just sort of like have that human interaction and sort of, you know, for people who are right here in the community.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, there's something to be said about waking up every day and, and doing something that you feel like is, you enjoy and it's also making a difference. So it seems like yourself and then Chris and Sean and everyone who works there, you got, you got a great thing going on.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, we're we're really fortunate to be to be where we are.
0: Well, he is Adam Delora. He is one of the founders of Labyrinth Brewery Company. If you haven't been there, go check it out. It's great. The atmosphere, the beer, everything is fantastic. If you've been there, go again because well, you know why. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time with us and uh, talking about how you guys got started and and your impact on the community and just everything about Labyrinth, Labyrinth Brewing Company, Brewery Company.
1: Oh, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Don't forget to go visit them, and also if you want to follow along with them on social media, Facebook and Instagram is at Labyrinth Brewing. Their Twitter is at Labyrinth Beer. This has been the New England Travel Journal podcast. I'm Sam Dosler. Thanks for listening.